0: accessibility
1: to you. Hello and welcome to another episode of the special edition of Inclusion Revolution Radio, collaboration with accessibility Spotlight Sessions. The Special Olympics World Games Berlin 2023 have officially concluded. We are so excited to be speaking with a guest today. That played in a huge part in making the games a resounding success. My name is Josh Basil, and I'm your host for today's show. I'm a C45 quadriplegic paralyzed below my shoulders and a power wheelchair user. I'm the community relations manager at AccessBee and a passionate disability rights advocate and trial attorney focused on breaking down barriers to access and inclusion for people with disabilities. Today, we'll be talking with the chief marketing and communications officer for the games, Albert Tumann. While the games were an incredible event, they required fans cheering on athletes and media from all over the world, covering the stories as they crossed the finish line. That's exactly where Albert and his team came in. They turned the entire city of Berlin into one huge fan of the games, bringing attention and support to every athlete. Thank you so much for joining us today, Albert, and welcome to Inclusion Revolution podcast.
0: Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it uh, for the invite and being part of the Inclusion Revolution podcast. Hope um, that we did not only turn uh, the city of Berlin in a huge fan game, so uh, and hopefully beyond uh, to the states and uh, to every country as well. And as uh, Novi mentioned, you know, Seeing uh, athletes back in town and sharing all those emotional
1: moments uh, are incredible. That's awesome. I love that so much, Albert. If we could go back in time, how did you get first involved in the Games? And have you ever worked with the Special Olympics before?
0: Um, Starting with the second uh, question, uh, Josh. So I never was involved in this movement, to be honest. Uh, I just had slightly information about Special Olympics itself. You know, if you are somehow around um, and having some experience in sports, of course, and be open-minded on the other hand side, you know, um, you know, there's Olympics, there are Paralympics, there are different World Cups, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but uh, at that time, it was 2019, I worked uh, for a huge rental company which called Sixth. Um, and I have still my hometown is and was Berlin at that time. So I got a call from my two girls and said, Dad, you have to come back. So I said, OK, what should I do right now? You know, working in another city out of uh, Berlin. Um, so the priority was clear set by my girls. And now I have three ones, but uh, that's another thing. But the two said, clearly, you have to come back and said, OK, let's let's look what what is around. So I saw this. Um, um, open vacation uh, or yeah, this this open position uh, and of course I try to figure out what is Special Olympics at first and what is the movement and what is um, the rank of uh, the word games itself so the level of the word games so you, you know you get uh, familiar with this movement and with the word games so I applied for this job and. Um, Lucky me. I got the job at uh, 2019. By end of 2019, I was one of three or four at that time for the organizing committee. So um, beside the German program, how we call it. And as you know, there are different programs around the world. So Germany was, um, you know, got the the bid at that time and created a local organizing committee with four um, in the management role. So I took the management role of marketing and communication at that time.
1: Lucky you, but lucky games
0: that (laughs) they were able
1: to have you, Albert. And I'd love to learn more kind of about your role at the games and kind of your perspective on the importance of marketing and communication on such a large scale event.
0: Yeah. Um, As mentioned already before, so my role is actually responsible for everything what is related to marketing, PR and media at that time. So, um, that means, uh, that within our management team, I'm responsible for the, let's make it clear for the visibility and the media coverage on various channels. So if you start actually, um, to consider how this could look like after a couple of years, if you start really from scratch, you know, and, um, normally the the athletes gives you actually the importance of, um, of marketing and communication. So we did it quite clear the importance of marketing can be des- described very easily from my point of view, how much visibility you want to have. So if you ask all the athletes, and we did a couple of workshops before, they said, we want more perception, more visibility. So the importance of marketing and communication is clear set. It's very important. It's actually very, very important for each athlete. Yeah. I, you know I just can add uh, tons of stories which I experienced you know from single athletes to different team competitions, whatever it is you know athlete disco, um, even the closing ceremonies. so there are a lot of moments but you know for me was actually we we got we got prepared for the opening ceremony and what it, what, what is left is of course there are the opening ceremony, you have different sports, you have different, you have medals, you have different, you know, competitions, whatever it is, tears, laughing. Um that's all about sports, of course. And uh but coming back, I have my one hundred seventy-four moments.
1: And and Albert, you talked a little bit earlier about kind of the marketing communication. But like could you kind of we want to pick your brain. Can you dive into like kind of the deeper strategies of really kind of reaching that global stage? Wow.
0: That's a a good one, Josh. Um, When I look back, of course, you know, uh, and you're going to get this role and you said, okay, how this should look like actually after four years. So what is, you know, what is the outcome uh, at the word Game? So never was expecting something big like this, to be honest. You know, I, I think you can't be prepared, but... Um, and then, of course, you have to make up your strategy. You are coming back you know, with a couple of experience from different um, agencies, from different um, uh, companies. You, know, you, you have your experience in, in, due to sports, due, due to your sports experience. So my, actually, my, 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 my goal was to create a team. Um, from scratch, to be honest. So I got the first um, organizing structure. I turned the, the I, I turned actually the the paper and said, "Can I can I start like this?" You know, and she said, "Of course you can." So I scratched my team, and uh, and from my point of view, you know, um, you are like a coach. You are like a coach of of a team. So you have to be prepared, and if you want to play uh, the word games, if you want to play at the Champions League and you're going to win, you have to create your team, not just of leaders, not just of uh, people which are knowledge, but you have a, you have to create a team out of mixtures of seniors, of juniors, you know, and, uh, those who are, you know, creating the same vision as you have. So of course I created at the beginning, my vision and uh, I gave trust to my team. I g- gave, and I get trust back. So um, we created then the strategy together with our athletes. And this is actually the main thing, because within the organizing uh, committee, we had athletes, former athletes, which said, I don't want athletes. I don't want to be uh, taking part as an athlete. I want to be part of the local organizing committee. So the point, actually, we got really clear feedback from our athletes, from our, let's say, employees, you know, not athletes anymore, employees. They give us um, tremendous feedback, which we can use, you know, to create the real strategy, because it's not just what we know and what we have to implement. The athletes gives us back what they need. So um, in terms of, let's say, more empowerment, more participation for people with ID through the power of sports, but also beyond the sports. So we slowly, slowly formed the roadmap and the ramp up. For especially for awareness, this is what I mentioned before. You know, everybody is seeking for awareness uh, at that time, so they want to be visible. You know, if if you see, we you know we passed COVID two years, so we had inflation, we have war in Europe, so uh, there are a lot of things going around. And but the main thing, what if you ask athletes, they want to be visible, not hiding. You know, so always from the athlete's perspective, and not ours. That was actually the strategy, and we put and I put athletes always first. So we created the logo together. We created campaignings together. You know, from their perspective, we created the mascots together. We created the channels together. There we, we had an inclusive uh, red, uh, team, journalist team, for example. But um, I think what we put on top is we are we were just not focusing on sports itself. We combine it with different other industries as well. So. There are two, from my point of view, there are two main industries, which are very emotional as well, is fashion and music. So we combined sport, fashion, and of course, music and uh, everybody who sees the opening ceremony and beyond, you know, you have always the sound, you are always singing, you are always in a happy mood. So I think that's one of the secrets and uh, it worked out. So.
1: Well, great job putting the, the team together and making sure that all the right players and athletes and abilities and perspectives had a seat at the table. That's awesome. And Albert, what, what do you think around kind of the messaging around inclusion and accessibility resonates with so many people and kind of how, how can those who participated in the games continue to push that, push that messaging?
0: Yeah. Um... You know, you would say it's purpose. You would say it's uh, momentum, whatever. It's currently also more than a momentum, I would say. We are all looking for purpose. We, uh, Whether in our private lives, in sport, at work, maybe due to COVID, you know, maybe due to inflation, maybe to uh, private circumstances, whatever it is. Uh, and as I said, we are a performance-oriented society. That's what we all know. Um, but we must not focus just on performance and commerce. Um, we need... That's the reason why we are, of course, doing that. We need, from from the perspective of inclusive society, one society, not separated. We need one uh, with each other, not differentiated, and we need actually one humanity. So, uh, and if this, if we understand this vision, the, this idea of inclusive work, and we are all ambassadors of those visions, I think then we are how we call it unbeatable together. I like
1: that. What uh, what can other companies or organiz- organizations do to replicate the inclusion strategy that your team so successfully implemented?
0: Um. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's
1: actually not such there is
0: not such the this strategy what you can you know took and implement. Um, I think. Always, you know, if you are in this position and you have to create a sporting event or something or another event, it could be a small one um, even. So the point is actually understand your target group, understand your customer, as we said, understand your partners, be open, empathic, allow, and this is one of my main things, allow mistakes and be self-critical critical and uh, of course learn. So it's, you know, even if I create and I have more than 30 people in my team, I'm learning every day from them, you know, how they, you know, how they move on, how they implement strategies. Of course, you know, you are the coach as, as I said, and you have to, and, and you have to have a bit of a, of much more of a leadership in another term, but not, not from the knowledge side. So that's the reason why you have your people here that's the reason why you give them trust. But in general, I would say, allow mistakes, be self-critical and learn. And then you, I think then you can do whatever you well, want. To
1: learning do. every day allows us to grow in, in beautiful directions and keep moving forward. And yeah. I would love to also kind of know, like, um, like, how, like, what steps or things can kind of marketing and communication departments do uh, within other organizations to make sh- certain that kind of information is
0: accessible to all? Yeah, accessible for everyone and for all is uh, a very huge challenge, of course. But um, I would say by making it accessible to all who need it actually is one thing. We share our way within the frame of transfer of knowledge, for example, you know, it's open, we we share them. Um, It can work for Germany, for Europe, but it always needs an individual adaptation. So of course, you know, Somebody who wants to create an accessible event, what does it mean? A barrier-free event, what does it mean? You know, it's always uh, from your perspective, or is, this, is it the perspective from the, let's say, from the from the other organizing committee? But in general, I would say um, people, regions, culture are different, work is differently, but the principle, actually, of an organizing event remains the same, as it, as in a successful company. Understand the power of sharing and caring, I would say especially in, in, in the present time.
1: And you can learn more about accessibility, Inclusion Revolution Radio, and Special Olympics by subscribing on YouTube and following us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Find us on our handles at AccessiBe underscore community and at Special Olympics. Thank you all, and we lo- are looking forward to our next episode. Thanks, Albert.
0: Thank you very much, Josh. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure.